I've dreamed about winning it all since I was probably seven years old. We all want respect. You want it from your teammates, from the fans. You want it from other players. I remember seeing Magic win it all. I remember seeing Elijah win I remember seeing Pippen win it all. I remember seeing Jordan Jordan. I remember seeing Bird win it all. There's so many emotions at the end of a season. And nobody likes to talk about it. But one of them is fear. Fear that you could come this far and it could all end. The dream could die. There's a million ways to get respect. There's only one way to get the kind of respect that's undeniable. Kind they could never take away from you. When Welcome to another edition of the Time Flies Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Dariel. And if you are watching this, you can see I got my boy Micah in the building. Micah, how you been, my guy? I've been doing well, man. It's been an awesome NBA playoffs. And yes, Coach Malone, Michael Malone, Jokic, and Murray. So again, hats off to them. They won it the hard way. And that's what you got to do sometimes. The NBA playoffs demand that you scrap and you fight and you play till the end. Facts. So we're recording this episode literally right after game five. Um, just a little bit of the behind the scenes for the listeners and viewers. Um, the reason why I have been I haven't been able to put out like a basketball podcast, I was telling Micah that my old laptop crapped out on me and then I had to get a new one and computers are expensive, so I had to like move funds around, yada yada yada. But we're here now. So Micah, while I have you right here, I wanna ask you, do you remember what was your when we did the um when we did um, part one and part two of the playoff preview with me you shout out my guy stuff and shout out my guy chris hall what was your finals what was your nba finals so my finals is the same finals that I actually bet kind of a lot of money on since the final whistle of last year's warriors celtic series which was at that time about a plus six thousand or 60 to one future on the bucks beating the nuggets in the nba finals and then throughout the entirety of this season, I was feeling good because those teams were, for the most part, number one in their respective conferences, and then they were the one seeds at the end of the season. But the Bucks flamed out in the first round and actually had one of the most awful first-round meltdowns by a first seed ever. I mean, they were the first first seed, I believe, since the since there became 16 teams in the playoffs to have lost the first-round series in fewer than six games. So I had them win in the NBA Finals. That obviously didn't happen. All right. So you had you had Denver and Milwaukee. Um, I remember doing the episode. I, I had Phoenix and Denver in the second round, and my my basketball mind had Denver, but my heart had Phoenix because of KD. And I and I ended up going with my heart, KD, which obviously was wrong. But honestly, man, I kind of forgot what I had in the finals. But you said something a little earlier. You said how, I think like, you had either Milwaukee or Boston. Do you remember which? Oh, I think I had a rematch actually. The Warriors in Boston. I think I had a rematch. I had I had Warriors going I had Warriors going game seven in every single round, and I was right for round mm-hmm. one. But after that, obviously they lost to the Lakers. But um you you said something a little earlier about um kind of about, about how Miami got here. And I definitely want to show some love to Miami because obviously everyone's gonna talk about Denver, Jokic, Murray, because they won the championship, but I want to highlight Miami a little bit. So First round, they ended up going against Milwaukee, and you said that it was one of the biggest flameouts for a one seed ever. I totally, I'm there with you, but we have to keep in mind that Giannis missed most of game one. He missed game two. He missed game three, and he missed game four. So when you don't, when your team does not have the best player, this is how the Miami Heat were able to get past that first round. And in my opinion, after they got past the first round, then they had the New York Knicks. And the New York Knicks, they're still they're still trying to figure themselves out as a franchise. Great, they had they took amazing leaps and bounds this year, this season, especially by getting Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson has proven to be a fucking all star and a fucking a franchise player because this guy could carry teams. But like you, you're you're going up against New York with Julius Randle as the second best player on your team. Julius Randle as one, two, or your third best player on your team is not going to be a good team. 
Julius yeah. Randle, and as soon as soon as he as soon as his game as soon as the ball's not going through the hoop, it affects everything else on the basketball court. It affects his energy. It affects his defensive energy. It ex- it it affects his like talking to his teammates as far as like yo, you need to cover here. You need to cover there. Julius Randle, that's a, that's another topic. That's another episode. So after the Knicks, then they went to go play Boston, and then Boston, yeah, it went to it was seven games, right? I'm having a brain fart. Miami going the the. The third round was Miami against Boston. And then Boston, they had a rookie coach. That's one. And then Boston, you there was always this question regarding the mentality of this team. And especially after last season in the finals, when they lost to the Warriors in six, everybody expected Boston to be like, okay, now they got a taste of it. They know what it takes. They know the kind of intensity, the the, the energy, the sacrifice. But it's kind of, we got like, for some reason, we got the like complete opposite of that. First round against the Hawks, they let it go to six when it should have, when it should have been a sweep. It should have been a sweep. And Boston kept having these mental lapses. And in game seven, yeah, okay, Jason Tatum rolled his ankle in literally the first play of the game. I understand that. But then Jalen Brown is supposed to pick up the slack and he literally didn't. He literally had, I think, like eight turnovers. And like yeah, they were, he they had were... more turnovers than made field goals in the game. That can't happen. So this is what I'm saying. Miami is like after after they got round after they got past round one, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. There's like, there's a lot of you, you can say that Miami was the better team against all the teams. Even Boston, in my opinion, yes, Boston had the better talent. Boston had the better best player in the series, but but my but Boston just wasn't there, man. Like I never looked at Boston and was like. Yeah, they're good. I I picked them to I picked them to be in a rematch with the Warriors because I felt like they were the best team in the East, but I still had questions about them. And shout out shout out Steph because Steph called this. He he always said that he just he, he doesn't feel it with Boston. He feels like there's something missing. And I feel like now that we know it's the mentality. The mentality is missing with with that group. Ever since Joe Mazzula left, that shit really fucked them up. I really didn't expect it to fuck them up this much, but I mean we'll see where they go from here. But um. But yeah, man, Miami, Miami, they had a, they had an insane run. They just ran up, they just ran up against a, a way better team with more talent. They they ran up against a all time center slash player in Jokic, and um and Jimmy, and then I don't know exactly Jimmy. Did Jimmy didn't look like himself past round one? And people can say so, that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so one of the reasons why. Okay, so he had one thirty point game since round one, and then the Bucks series. He was all-time legendary, iconic, one of the greatest series that you'll ever see. But 100%. looking back on the entire postseason run, since then, the guy averaged 23 points a game on way below league average efficiency. So right. he was basically posting a Russell Westbrook 23 every night, and that just can't happen from your best player, even given the amount of different production that they got from guys like Duncan Robinson – Caleb Martin looked like Kawhi Leonard for an entire playoff series. Yeah. Had or Gabe Vincent was fantastic until the final three games of the finals. Max Struess disappeared in the finals, but was fantastic up until then. They had guys step up when they really needed to. But the one thing they were missing was that super superstar level every night production from their number one. And given a team that was already missing Tyler Hero, they just didn't have enough shot creation, especially off the bounce, to be able to have a normal amount of offense. So this is a team that ranked 26th in points per possession in the regular season. They were just the second eight seed to have ever made the finals. The first eight seed to have ever made the finals in a non-lockout year. The one lockout year was the 99 Knicks, which were an outlier. They were the first team since the Bullets in 78 to have made the finals with the negative point differential from the regular season. Like, don't get it twisted. This team, the narrative that they were just an eight seed was probably wrong because originally they were a seven seed who lost in the first playing game. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year and made it all the way to a game seven. If Jimmy hits that shot, then they're in the NBA Finals. And then this year, the big difference between their regular season to where they were in the postseason was all of those shooters that I just mentioned had essentially career low and bad shooting seasons during the regular season. And then they conjured up more of their personal averages come the playoff time. And then they just shot the lights out. So if they have that level of production from the role players, and then they're also getting the superstar production that Jimmy gives them on some nights versus not other nights, which is why he's arguably a top 10 player versus arguably a top five player. 
that's why they just ultimately came up short. But hats off to the Denver Nuggets. And if you are the Miami Heat, you're probably going to have to retool the roster in this offseason. But what I would say was a loss is a loss, obviously, but don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. And you just made history. You were the first eight seed to have ever made the finals in a non-lockout year. Right. So, I mean, I'm I'm going to kind of echo everything you said. So, like, um, yeah, Jimmy, he put on a fucking super heroic effort in round one. And again, I have to harp this because, like, we haven't talked basketball because of the situation I just told you. But Jimmy was able to do that because if you want to have Giannis as the best player or the second best player in the world, either one of those two, Giannis wasn't in the series for about 80% of it. That's why Jimmy... Now, again, Jimmy had to do that and he was able to pull it off so he gets all the credit. But after he got past round one, he literally... He really didn't need to go super heroic. He had the he had the support of Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, uh, Kevin Love, Max Struess. He had the support and he was, a go- he was going against teams... Where he didn't he didn't need to be super heroic. Jason Tatum is not a he's not a top in my opinion he's not a top five player. And the Knicks don't have they don't have a top ten player. So it's and Giannis like I just said he's he's one or he's number two best player in the world. So Jimmy needed to match that energy. But um before but again before we go on to Denver, um I still want to harp on the Miami Heat and you kind of answered this. Um you said that you had Jimmy as a top ten player. I tend to not have him as a top 10 player i actually have him right as right at number 11 i will name my top 10 right now and then you tell me the guy that you might take out or put him in over okay is the top 10 you give me is like is like your legit top 10 or you're going off or you're freestyling right now oh no it's my legit top 10 i don't necessarily have the order memorized but i have the 10 guys memorized okay so Jokic, Giannis, curry Embiid, Durant, Luca, Tatum, LeBron, Booker, Lillard. Uh, Booker is the one. Booker to me is right outside the top ten, and I think I would repl- I would replace him with Jimmy because the thing is with me, I'm a big eye test guy. Like I've said in a million other pods, you're more of the stats guy. I'm more of the eye test. I'm old school. The thing with me is I incorporate every when you say who's the best player, I incorporate everything into that question. I incorporate what have you done in your whole career. Give me your personal accolades, but give me let me see your skills. Let me see your talent, but also I also look at. How do you impact the game? Are you literally just a scorer? Are you are you facilitating? Do you feel the impact that you make with your teammates? Can you see that he makes his teammates way better than other players do? I mean, LeBron James has LeBron James held the crown for that for more than a decade, but now he's a little bit older, so it's not as easy for him to do that. He's still in my top ten, but that's um. I'm just letting you know, like how I look at players and how I and how I um categorize them as top ten, and that's the reason why I have Jimmy because Jimmy is proving time and time again that everything I just said he checks off, he can score, he 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 literally makes his teammates better, he rises to the occasion, he he, he has the mentality of like yeah I'm on the same level as LeBron, I'm on the same level as a prime Melo, I'm on the same level as a prime D Wade, and everyone around him is like dude you're not. But he's the only one that thinks that. And again, his personal accolades, he's made all-stars. Uh, yeah, he's definitely made all-NBA teams. I believe they're like third third team all-NBA, but he's made he, all-NBA teams. He made second team all-NBA. And you know who the normal comparison for him is naturally is Paul Pierce. Mm. Because Paul Pierce was not an every-night superstar, but Paul Pierce also got the finals MVP late in his career. And who knows, if Damian Lillard were to go – to Miami in a trade this offseason. Then you have the Butler versus Lillard debate, the same way that you had the Garnett versus Pierce debate. And Pierce was not an every-night superstar. Don't get it twisted. But one of the things that he was always able to do was go toe-to-toe with your other superstar on the other team on the certain nights when his team really needed him to. So he was not going to dominate an entire playoff run or be the MVP for an entire regular season or anything like that. But on the given nights when his team needs him to go off for 40, he can, but then he'll also have his average 22 every night. Yeah. So again, man, like I'm Jimmy Butler for me, he's staying in the top 10, but he's more in like the six through 10 somewhere within that slot. Um, and yeah, he did it in the bubble. Nobody expected them to go to the finals. And then he, he goes six games against LeBron and you, there's that famous image of Jimmy just like 
just like curling over one of the one of the fucking railings because he's exhausted. Yeah. So like he had so much on his shoulders that that they were they were outmatched and he was able to take the Lakers to six games. And then the year after that, they get swept in the first round. But that was because the the um pandemic kind of affected the NBA season and then they had a quick turnaround. Which, okay, so that's that. And then the season after that, that's where Jimmy had the game seven pull up three, which last season. In my opinion, that wasn't a good shot. But again, he got to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. And then I'll fast forward to literally this season. He gets past Giannis as the second second or first best player in the NBA. And then he gets all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. He beats Boston, who everybody picked to win. And then he's going up against Jokic. Like, Jimmy, time and time again, man, he's proving that, like, the regular season, yeah, it matters, but it kind of doesn't. Like, he's one of these players where, it's like, once April hits, it's just, like, all right, now now it's time for me to get paid, literally to cash in the checks that the NBA is giving me. And man, like, if if I'm looking if I'm looking to pick players, if you give me a lineup of players of like, all right, who do you want in a playoff game? When you ask me that question, I want to know who's gonna rise to the occasion, who's not scared, who's not gonna shy away. And you gotta put Jimmy in that lineup. You can't forget about Jimmy anymore. You can't automatically go to LeBron. You can't automatically go to KD. For me, I have to I have to like consciously put Jimmy in my mind because it's a dis it's a disrespect to completely ignore everything he's doing just because he doesn't have the the typical superstar, you know, aura to him. That, like I think it's time people stop doing that, and every top ten list needs to incorporate Jimmy and and all these kind of lists. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, if, if you want to say anything else about Miami, about the Miami Heat, the season, the playoffs, the playoff run they had. I don't think that there's anything else that needs to be said from a looking at this season standpoint. I think the conversation that needs to be had needs to be had about a week from now because now is about the Denver Nuggets. And I am not going to be somebody who is going to sit back and try to delegitimize anything that the Denver Nuggets have done, because I know that sports talk shows will come out tomorrow and they're going to pose the question, trying to discredit the Nuggets, saying at the bottom of the screen, were the Heat a worthy finals opponent? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying the Denver Nuggets, they played the teams on their schedule and they kicked their asses up and down. So... The haters may say tomorrow, and here's a stat that I will throw out, the stats guy. In terms of the sum total of seeds that the Denver Nuggets played throughout this postseason, you had the eight-seed Timberwolves, then they played the four-seed Suns, then they played the seven-seed Lakers, and then they played the eight-seed Heat. That total of 27 in terms of the seeds that they played is the most ever by a team who won the championship by a considerable amount. But at the same time, None of those teams were really normal seeds, mm-hmm. excuse me, except for Minnesota. Minnesota was a team that didn't have enough shot creation, and they just relied on Anthony Edwards having to go off every game. And they were kind of a silly team that the Denver Nuggets made look like an eight seed. Give them credit. The Phoenix Suns were a team that had basically played together for just a little bit, and they still had two absolute fire-breathing dragons essentially going off every game in Booker and Durant. It didn't matter. The Nuggets were still way better. Mm. Then in the conference finals, I think the Nuggets played the team that actually matched up best with them of any of those two teams, and they dusted them. They swept them. They pulled out the brooms, and they kicked their ass in front of their home fans. They came back from down, I think, 15 at the half in game four, and went on an absolute tear in the that, third. That series was so impressive to me. The way they took care of the Lakers, and don't and again, every game was every game was competitive. Yes, it was a sweep. It was a sweep, but the Lakers were competitive. LeBron, you you, you could tell that LeBron still has it. He still fucking cares. Anthony Davis, as much as he's as he was up and down offensively, defensively, he's the, he's almost the same height as Jokic. He's more athletic than Jokic, so he was able to he was able to kind of stay in front of him as as best as anyone could. And Jokic just shows why his skill level is just on another planet. And I was just so impressed with the Nuggets sweep, man, because every time the Lakers were making a comeback and in most of the games when they were down, the Nuggets had an answer. They had a defensive stop. They had a timely play. They had a timely, the um, coach Mike Malone had a great scheme. Like I was so impressed. But again, before, real quick, before we leave Miami Heat and we dive really into the Denver Nuggets, I want to compare what Jimmy Butler was doing in the first round compared to the finals. So Mm. in the first, so in the first round against Milwaukee, he averaged 37 points. 
he averaged six rebounds and he averaged uh five assists now the then the championship round we the one that everyone just saw he went from 37 points in the first round to averaging 21 points to averaging four and a half rebounds and six and a half assists i mean six and a, yeah six and a half assists sorry so again you can say you can say that you know because he because he rolled his ankle pretty bad in game one of round two against the knicks and everybody's been saying that he's been like hobbled and he's been playing through it ever since so i don't know if you want it's not that it's an excuse but it's something that you definitely got to look at but ever since he rolled that ankle like i just i i, I didn't see that he was the same um but again it's like he didn't need to be superman against the knicks and to me, even in Boston, he didn't really need to be he didn't need to be Superman against Boston because his teammates they were more mentally strong than Boston. Um but but yeah, man, that's a that's a really big drastic um drop from the first round to the finals. But um yeah, man, I don't know what to say, man. This there's, there's so many questions I can throw at you right now as far as like Denver, is this is this the beginning of a dynasty, like the San Antonio Spurs run? Or the Warriors run, if you will. We could talk about Jokic as a center of all time. Jamal Murray as the point guard or a backup. Instead of like focusing specifically on a generic topic, did you in the Lakers series? Is there anything that you would have tried out that the Lakers didn't hmm. that, you, that you can think of right now? Because again, every game was competitive, and they were only a few plays away from. From the from the from the series being tied one one or two two or going oh yeah man so like is there anything that you remember that you would have tried? This is tough because I actually think the answer is no, and I give the Lakers a lot of credit because I think they tried a bunch of different things, and at the end of the day, they were missing the one thing that they were also missing when they won the title, but it didn't matter because they were just way better, and I think that this Nuggets team now is astronomically better compared to the team that the Lakers played in the conference finals in the bubble. Whereas this Lakers team is about as good as that team. It's just that team had a healthier version of LeBron James without coming off of his own foot injury. And Anthony Davis still playing at an elite level offensively. Whereas this Lakers team ran into a buzzsaw of the Denver Nuggets because you probably saw a game one where the Nuggets just absolutely cooked them in the first half, but then the Lakers made some adjustments and yeah. they showed their game to hand in round one, which I actually think was kind of a mistake because it allowed the Nuggets to have a couple of days to readjust themselves, which their game one adjustment was we have a big bodied rangy defender that is long enough to kind of harass Jokic while we're going to put Anthony Davis as the roamer who is going to sag off of Aaron Gordon, but take away the back cut pass and make Jokic see bodies the way that they guarded him in the bubble. Only instead of Rui Hachimura, they had Dwight Howard, who was a three-time defensive player of the year who was at the tail end, but could still give you 20 minutes a night of playing really rowdy defense. And that's the only thing that he has to do on the floor in terms of his own responsibilities. So at a certain point, one of the things that I think is the greatest defenses for the Denver Nuggets is actually their offense. The Denver Nuggets offense was the best by an NBA champion since the 1987 Lakers with Magic and Kareem. And the reason why it's so good is because they wear you down on that end so much that you actually lose some of your legs on your own offensive end, which is where the Lakers struggled because the Lakers didn't shoot it well from three in the bubble, but it didn't matter because they were just so good from LeBron James and Anthony Davis and defensively. Whereas this Nuggets team tested them so much on their own offensive end that it allowed the Lakers offense just to go cold at brutal times because they didn't have enough spot up shooting. Austin Reeves was fantastic and had the series that is going to get him a kind of a major payday this offseason, whether it's with the Lakers or if he wants to be the starting point guard on an upstart team. Like what if it's Reeves and Wemby in San Antonio, for example, like that's a name that has been floated out as a potential starting point guard somewhere. If you're Rob Palenka, would you give Austin Reeves the money? The Lakers have said that they will match any offer up to 25 million, I believe. And I would be shocked if a team gave Austin Reeves $25 million. I could see it. But 
because Jalen Brunson is basically playing at a $30 million level, and I think that Austin Reeves is not in the same ballpark. Jalen Brunson is basically as good as Jamal Murray at this point. So they're completely different levels of player. But Austin Reeves should feel like he is going to get starting level bag money and be the secondary ball handler like he was to LeBron James on a good team next year. And I I honestly think that Rob Polinka will give him the money, even though I would caution against it if it's actually a number that's that high. I think they should have ran. I think they should have ran the offense a little bit more through Austin Reeves. They kind of just like they kind of just they just they just like went back to what is I guess normal. Like okay, it's LeBron, so we have to run the offense through him. But like if you watch the series, Austin Reeves like he had fucking key moments where he was again orchestrating the offense and he was able to break the defense down because he's a way better ball handler, he's a way better aggressive attacker than people give him credit for. And yeah, that's one thing as you were talking it reminded me that like I would have ran the offense through Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves should have been doing a lot more pink and rolls with AD. Um to answer my own question, if I was Rob Palenka, yeah, I don't know, man. That's really tricky because Austin Reeves, like, yeah, you see his potential, but I just, I don't know. Like, do you see another, do you see like another level that he can get to? And it's That's very, the major question because yeah, he's never going to be a great, he's never going to be your primary ball handler on a really good team, but is some bottom feeder going to offer him the bag so much that he can't say no to it? Like I mentioned San Antonio, yeah. if Wemby is really as good as people say he is, they might be contending within three years from now if they can pair Wemby with a star guard to run pick and roll with. And if they really think that Austin Reeves could become like the best white guard in the entire league by a mile, then sure, go for it. Be my guest. But I would say the next level for him is Tyler Hero offensively. And no offense to Tyler Hero. If Tyler Hero is your lead guard today and you don't have an elite wing or an elite big that are at least as good as Jimmy Butler, if not better, then you're really not going to be able to contend for titles in today's league because today's league is built on pull-up shooting as well as brilliant playmaking, especially off the bounce. And if a guy is going to be below average as your lead scorer in terms of efficiency, you're going to find yourself having real troubles the same way the heat did. I mean, the Heat were bad offensively in the regular season, and then they ran into the Nuggets who could actually be bigger and use their size to their advantage in terms of influencing shots, getting their hands in passing lanes, and making life hell for a team that is super three-point reliant, especially when Jimmy is not playoff Jimmy or Hemi Buckets, whatever you want to call him. Fucking so from the Lakers' point of view... Again, the Wimbayama thing, as I was trying to move my funds around and trying to get a new computer, there was that fucking report. I think Chris Haynes or some or Chris Broussard, Broussard said that Wimbayama is the best prospect like ever, ever, ever. Like when he's totally ignoring Kareem LeBron, which is fucking ridiculous. And he also said that if Wimbayama is not Kevin Durant by what season three is a failure. Like, yo, the shit that people say to get fucking clown these days is insane. But before I forget, I also want to say um, Eric Spolstra not playing Tyler Hero, I think, was the correct call. You can't just throw Tyler Hero back in the fucking game in game five. Like, it's I think it was the right call. But before I forget, I also want to make a correction. I made a mistake. I said that Phoenix would play Lakers in the second round. It was the conference championship. They actually played Phoenix in the second round. And the way that Phoenix was able to get two, was able to get two games against this 2023 NBA champion Denver Nuggets, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant had to go fucking nuclear. Devin Booker and those two wins, he was like 80% from the field, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm glad that you brought that up. That's what it takes to beat this Denver Nuggets team. Not exactly. only are they, are they historic offense, but if you had taken their playoff defensive rating and put it in the regular season – they were the number one defense in the entire league. And one of the reasons why Phoenix was the team that had the most success overall, but especially offensively against this Denver Nuggets team, is because they are the team in the entire league that is the best at manufacturing and making mid-range jump shots because the Nuggets, because they're not a great team in terms of defensive personnel, they focus on their principles in order to raise their defensive ceiling, which is, 
we are going to take away the rim and we're going to take away the three-point line and we're going to force teams to take tough mid-range pull-up twos. And the Phoenix Suns realize at one point we have to make everything from the mid-range in order to beat these guys because they're just so good offensively and they're going to kill us on that end. But to their credit, they had two fire-breathing dragons that couldn't miss for two games. And that's what it took to beat these guys twice. And also in the Chris two Ball other losses, in the two other losses that the Denver Nuggets suffered, one of them was in overtime to Minnesota, and Denver closed the fourth quarter of that game on a 12-0 run and had a shot to win it and missed it, and then it went to overtime. So that was one of their losses after a 12-0 run being down 12 with two and with two and a half minutes to go. And then their one loss against the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat set an NBA Finals record, 189 offensive rating in a fourth quarter. That's the best in any fourth quarter in any in NBA Finals history. Yeah. That's what it took to beat those guys once. I just named four crazy outliers. <laughs> Facts. Just uh, your initial reaction to the future of the Denver Nuggets. Do you see, I personally... I see them as having a San Antonio Spurs run where they win one, they lose one, they they win one, they lose one. The Spurs never had a back-to-back. And, I mean, me and you could be both wrong, obviously. We're not fucking genies. We don't know. We can't foretell the future. But I'm, I'm looking at Denver Nuggets, and you have Jokic as your foundational superstar player. Jokic is not athletic. He can't jump out the gym. And look at look at what he just did in this playoff run. He's only 28. He's going to, and, and he's he's in the middle of his prime, and he's only going to get better. And Jamal Murray as his as his second go to guy, barring injury, because he already had a nasty ACL tear. Hopefully, no more injuries for Jamal Murray. But those two players as your pillars in the team and your organization, man, yo, the future for the Nuggets. Like, I'm not going to say they're going to win every championship. They're not going to go on a three P like the Lakers. I don't think that's going to happen. But I see them contending man like for like the next foreseeable future bro like is there anything that is there anything that i'm saying that's kind of crazy they're gonna be a team that is in the conversation for the nba finals every single year for the foreseeable future barring injury and i'm gonna go ahead and knock on wood because from a contract standpoint and from an age standpoint with all their best players they are in the perfect scenario to have a long runway for competing for titles they're starting five Jokic, Murray, KCP, Gordon, and Porter. All of them are under contract for the next two years to be with the same team. And their offense this season was, offense and defense included, the best starting five of any team in the entire league. That unit will return, and all of those guys will have had another year under their belt playing together. I expect Porter to get better from not only being a great spot-up shooter, But as he showed in Game 5 tonight, it was not his series. It was rough. He couldn't make anything from his normally absolutely pure spot-up jump shot to being able to create off the dribble, make plays for his teammates, back cut, move without the basketball, crash the offensive glass. And the Denver Nuggets are going to pose huge physical problems for almost every team they play because they are big and they play big. They are going to make you feel them every single time. They're going to put every team in uncomfortable positions. All of their guys seem to love playing with each other. And the only guy that's one of their normal rotation players that likely will not be back next year is Bruce Brown. And I would assume that because everything that went right for them this offseason, or this past season, guys are going to want to come to Denver just being just how great Jokic is and seeing how easy it is to play with him and how fun it is to play with him. Veterans that are chasing championships and still have a decent amount of time left in their prime as well as their normal NBA career are going to want to come play with this team because they share the basketball. And to your point, they look an awful lot like the Spurs because they just play the beautiful game. There is no I in team with this team and all they're about is winning, they're going to mash through the regular season. And even this season, it was all about the postseason. 
They wrecked the Western Conference through the All-Star break, and then they took their foot off the gas pedal to focus on what their real goal was, which was winning an NBA title, not Jokic winning an MVP. I I made this joke midway through the playoffs when it started to look like this Denver Nuggets team is the NBA Finals favorites. Joel Embiid won the MVP, and Nikola Jokic is going to win the Finals MVP. Both players won the the trophy that they actually cared about, so Mm -hmm. everybody wins. And Bruce Brown not coming Nuggets, back is gonna be is gonna be big. If he doesn't what? come back, Bruce Brown, if he doesn't come back, that's a that's a that's a big piece. So he has a player option, and if he comes back, he'll be getting six million, which would be a real discount. He's gonna be worthy of probably a fifteen million dollar contract to be a starting player on any other team, but he's not a starter with the Nuggets because their starting five is just rock solid and He's not going to take KCP's role. KCP was fantastic as a role player. He's almost your prototypical role player, which is he has two, moves two well without now. the basketball. He makes the catch and shoot three. Defensively, he's going to have some deflections. He's going to create fast break opportunities. And he's a decent pull-up shooter if and when he needs to handle the ball a little bit. Yeah, and he has two rings. Oh, this also reminds me. So I remember, so I just asked you um, a couple minutes ago, I was like, specifically with the Lakers series, is there anything that you would have done different? You know what I would have done if I was the Minnesota Timberwolves, if I was the Phoenix Suns, the Lakers, and the Miami Heat? Put Jokic on his ass. Get physical with him. I did not see one team get really physical with him. And I get it. The flopping, the refs are going to call it. It's a softer game. I get all that. But if Jokic is busting your ass like he did in every fucking series, put him on his ass, bro. Let him know that like you're here and you respect him as a player. But like shit is not going to be sweet. It's not going to be easy for you. And I just feel like people were giving him a little bit too much respect. Same thing with Jamal Murray. Put them on their ass, bro. Get physical. Hold with on. Them. Are you trying to make the argument that teams were not physical enough with Jokic? Jokic was the best perimeter, or excuse me, best paint defender in the entire playoffs in terms of defensive field goal percentage teams went at him repeatedly all i've had to hear these last few years is guys are going to put him in a hundred pick and rolls and there's nothing he can do about it he sucks at defense no so what he was one of the best defensive players in the entire playoffs i don't even know how you're trying to make this argument anymore there's no, 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 no. I'm not one saying thing you can take away from this which is he's the best player in the world he became the first player in nba history to have led the playoffs outright in points, rebounds, and assists, and his defensive field goal percentage and defensive impact were all fully on display. He dominated and had one of the greatest individual postseason runs ever. And that's not even to take away the fact that Jamal Murray was also fabulous himself. I'm not saying he's soft, but what I'm saying is I would have, if I was a player on any of those teams that went up against Denver, I would have like if he's driving to the lane, I'm literally clotheslining him. That's what uh, I'm. That's oh, what you're I'm saying. saying when he's on offense. I thought you were talking about when the Nuggets are on defense. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm talking about if I was yeah, if I was a player guarding Jokic, I'm fucking clotheslining him. I want it. Like, he's not soft. He's not soft. He's proven that time and time again. And whoever says that because he's European doesn't know basketball. But have we seen anybody like? clothesline him like Rajah Bell get, did against Kobe Bryant in the Phoenix in the playoffs. You're saying you would have a guy come off of your bench and commit a flagrant two just to injure him? No, not to injure him. Like do it, because do it, do it tastefully. What have the we Heat seen? were as physical as you could possibly be? Not they enough. were undersized. Not the enough. Lakers were as physical as they could possibly be. He's just better. So not unless enough. you're going to bring back Akeem Olajuwon from his prime. There's nobody that can reasonably guard him while also giving him work on the other end. The one guy would be Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid has never sniffed a conference finals before because his offensive game still has holes that you can poke in it that really get put on full display in a playoff. Every, every team, every team, every team that Denver Nuggets went up against this this playoff season, the person guarding Jokic did not do a good enough job of going at him aggressively. In this finals, Bam is. You don't understand the frustration that I have with Bam. He he gives you glimpses of what a kind of amazing player he can be with his athleticism and his fucking handles. And then he reverts back to these pull-up jumpers in the fucking paint. I want to fucking yell at him, bro. I want to grab him and shake him. He 
he athletically has advantage on Jokic. I mean, a lot of people have the advantage on Jokic athletically, but bam, what he should have been doing, he should have been literally driving through the chest of Jokic almost every single possession, and he only did that in glimpses. Not every single possession, but he only did that in glimpses, man. People are relying on the jump shot way too much. Okay, that that that's this. They're relying on the jump shot too much, and one of the reasons why I give the Denver Nuggets credit for that is because the Denver Nuggets offense is so good that they make you take your legs out of your game, which is why you revert to pull up jump shots. And that's the shot that they want you to take. And they're good enough defensively. They're not great, but they are good enough defensively whenever they want to be. That's that's the shot that they will concede and force you to take. 100%. By the way, Bam Adebayo takes the most amount of paint jump shots of any player in the league. He almost takes four a game. So that is his game. He doesn't have great touch around the same way that Jokic does. So he is a good player, not a great player, but yeah. he's undersized. Yeah, no. But One okay, of the things, yes, he's I think the real conversation how... that needs to be had is not about Miami. We're done talking about Miami. We gave them their flowers. They oh, made the bam, finals. Bam, bam, I am bam, done talking. I'm not talking. I'm done talking Micah, about Bam. No, hold on. You said, you said that Micah, Micah, you said that Bam is undersized. Correct. But what Bam is able to do to match Jokic is athletically. And Bam didn't take advantage of that. That's Bam. In the previous in the previous series, Anthony Davis was guarding him. Anthony Davis, to me, didn't do a good enough job of fucking going at him offensively. Make him feel you. And the series prior to that, fucking Phoenix, who was the big guarding? Oh, DeAndre Ayan. Are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm not even gonna, DeAndre Ayton doesn't deserve me to talk about him. So that's that. And in the and in the first round was Rudy Gobert or was Cat. Nobody is going straight at Jokic's chest. What are what is everybody doing? Put him on his ass. Let me see how he reacts. I'm so angry that you're making this take. Every team has done this. The guy is just too good defensively. They've all tried to do this. Nah, he's, he he's... is just good enough. That they, he has told you, I'm going to make you play with a hand behind your back because I'm also going to give you work on the other end that I'm going to take your legs away and you're not going to be physically fit enough to try and give me work the entire game. And there have been games this playoffs when the Nuggets have had to fight through adversity when Jokic has been in foul trouble for the exact same thing that you are mentioning. I am kind of ticked off that you're trying to make this take because what, it's what just is, what is it? What Teams is it have about tried to do this. Jokic knows that that's the scouting report about him, and he's gotten much better enough that he's not going to allow you to do that unless you're actually some guy that can match him physically, which none of those guys can. Anthony Davis Davis is the best defender in the entire NBA, and Jokic made him his plaything. And then on the other end, Anthony Davis is not strong enough because Jokic is essentially an immovable object. People don't give him credit for how big, how smart, how intelligent he is defensively which is i know that i have physical limitations but i'm going to use my size to alter shots by putting my hands up one i have game. decent foot speed to be able to keep my feet in front of you in and i'm going to force you to take tough angles in a one-on-one take take five on five out of the picture one-on-one ad versus Jokic. who are you taking and i'm going somewhere with this ad versus Jokic. who are you taking one-on-one this is an awful conversation Play one on one. There is no one on one in the NBA. You know who goes one on one? Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I'm telling you, the Nuggets faced the one on one. The Nuggets faced the team that went ISO ball and went one on one, and they went them out in six games. I'm telling you, I'm going somewhere with this. Just answer the question: one on one, AD versus Jokic. Who are you taking? I'm taking Jokic because guess what? AD tried to take him one on one and failed over and over and over again. Okay, so my argument against that is Jokic as a one on one player. No, I wouldn't take him as a five on five. Yeah, I'm taking him every day. You know that Jokic is the most prolific scorer in the entire league. What I'm saying again, let me get my point across. One on one, I'm not taking Jokic because Jokic's impact is greater on on a team. Individually, yes, he has all the skills in the world, but on a team, you can see his impact a lot more. Now, I would take AD one-on-one. So now, going to the Lakers and Denver series, there was multiple times where AD was posting up Jokic, and that was basically a one-on-one possession. AD did not take advantage of that. And I can say that for every fucking player going up against Jokic. I'm not saying that he's a horrible defender. I'm not saying that he's soft, but I'm saying everybody didn't do they didn't do a good enough job of trying to go at him. Really, bruh? You can't give Jokic credit for making those guys look like they pale in comparison to him. They he had to work his respect. ass off defensively to force those guys to say, you know what? 
I'm not taking on that challenge. I got to pass out of it and we got to run another play or swing it around the perimeter. They gave him too much respect. They're giving, they gave him way too much respect. And listen, I'm coming at it different because this isn't I'll... a playoff series. Guys make adjustments all the time. You don't think that that's what their idea was, which is I've heard it. Yeah, there's adjustments, but there's We're still put him in a million pick and rolls. By the way, Jokic. Jokic guards bigs amazingly. The one thing that he doesn't do well is guard in space against smaller guards that can drive right by him. He guards bigs amazingly. So everything that you finally saw him do, he's done fantastic for the last three seasons or so. The one team in the Western Conference and maybe the entire league that would have put serious pressure on this Denver Nuggets team would have been the Golden State Warriors because they can light it up from the outside at a good enough clip and they can get one-on-five no, switches. Not this season. The Warriors, the Warriors would have got murked. Warriors the Warriors would have been too small, and the Nuggets would have scored every time they wanted. But the Nuggets also would have had a ton of problems in the defensive end. The Warriors because would, Jokic would be Jokic would be in drop Jokic coverage, smoked, smoked, and Draymond would, would lay Warriors. into anybody guarding Gary. It the Nuggets was... would have smoked the Warriors because the Warriors were not a fucking team. The Jordan Poole is a fucking joke of a player. Fucking Gary Payton didn't show up this whole postseason. Steph Curry was the only player that actually showed up. Klay Thompson forgot how to play. Draymond Green is too small. The, the Nuggets would have fucking murked the Warriors. And okay. as, as far so as, hold on, this. hold on, hold on. As far is, as, far is as Milwaukee the one team that would have been able to give Denver a lot of problems? Because I think Boston would have as, also been kind of an interesting far, challenge. As far as adjustments, I understand what you're saying. There are adjustments that coaches make, which take away the uh, the opportunity to play one-on-one. The, when, you, when, when someone's posted up against Jokic, I understand that. But even with the adjustments, there's still moments where the, a, a, an isolation ends up. And that's what I'm saying right there. In those moments, that's the opportunity to go straight at his touch, trust. And that's how you get him into foul trouble with teams. Want, teams like, what the fuck? Like, I, like, like this game, Kyle Lowry, was, he got, um, not Kyle Lowry specifically, but Jokic got two fouls in the first half and he had to sit for a while. Uh, oh, you try to get the best player on the team in foul trouble. That way he can't affect the game. Did you see the Lakers trying to do that? Most, like, like, did you see the Lakers make it a point? Make it a point. To go at Jokic and get him in foul trouble. I didn't see it personally. I didn't yeah, see I it. did. I saw LeBron repeatedly attack the rim. I uh, saw that AD, I saw AD try it and he failed. LeBron was able to do it consistently the same way that he has his entire career. The only kinds of teams that have been able to slow down LeBron James teams have been teams that are way better offensively, which is the Denver Nuggets, or a team that has a ton of rim protection. So the Nuggets don't have a ton of rim protection, but what Jokic does really well is he guards other bigs that yeah, think the same way that you do. He guards other bigs really well who want to just put him on the block and try to back him down because he's bigger than almost anybody. Yeah, he's a good defender. He get, he gets a bad rap for being for his defense, but it's actually not that bad. What was your question? You asked me a question it, about the Bucks. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm saying... Instead of the Heat, were you saying that potentially the Bucks would have been the most difficult matchup because it would be Brooke Lopez on Jokic and then it would be Giannis in the Romer role, which is where he's the best defender outside um, of on ball in the entire league? Honestly, no, because everybody this whole season, when when obviously when Giannis was healthy, was saying how the Bucks were the best team. But then when the Bucks went down, the supporting players forgot how to play. Like if you if you're if you're if you're one of the elite teams. Your supporting cast could get you could could be competitive. So just because you lost Giannis doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't beat the, this Miami Heat. Like the, after after they lost Giannis, that supporting cast should have carried the team to like more than fucking one win. So if so, if they go up against Denver, like no, I don't think the Bucks would have been a better matchup. I think Denver would have smoked them as well. Boston, yeah. Boston's mentally not tough, bro. No. Denver would have smoked Boston as well. You're probably right. And that's one of the reasons why I am not going to delegitimize what Denver did at all. I'm, I'm going to legit an all-time dominant team. And I'm not going to come it. into next season saying, I just want teams to go at Jokic's chest. The one way to beat the Nuggets is to essentially craft your roster like Phoenix, only get better defensively, which Phoenix needs to retool their roster or some. Because Denver um. is going to... Force teams to take a ton. A lot. Well, yeah, definitely. But I'm saying Denver is going to force teams to take tough pull-up mid-range twos and hit them at a high enough clip that they're able to because Denver's offense is almost 1.2 points per possession every time Jokic is on the floor. And if you're just playing the math game, they 
bend the math in their favor as long as the other team is not making 50% of their threes or they're making an absurd percentage of tough pull-up twos because they guard the rim using their size with Jokic doing everything that he can, then Gordon coming over and help, and Porter's also a, a long body. They're, by the way, the Nuggets, they are going to lose Bruce Brown this offseason. They're going to get another ball handler. They also might add another athletic defensive big to come off the bench, which would be another element that they could add to this team that would only make them stronger. Now, because we are bordering on a very long podcast at this point, we still have not gotten to the Nikola Jokic all-time discussion rankings because right now, after tonight, he has moved into seventh all-time in my all-time center rankings behind Kareem, Bill Russell, Wilt, Jack, Hakeem, and Moses Malone are the six guys that are still... Man, Bill, Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, like literally the only. Come on, man. Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, the only competition. You're with, telling me that you're just going to erase the greatest winner in NBA history and then the guy were, who posts stat lines that if, have never, ever been heard of before. If, if Bill Russell was not playing against Will Chamberlain, he was playing against teachers who had, who had a fucking second job. He was playing against NBA players that were fucking plumbers. I'm not, I'm not He's taking the greatest a, leader. I'm not taking away. In- Team not, sports history. I'm He's the greatest defender in names. NBA history. And I'm by not. the way, people don't give him enough credit for as good of a playmaker as he was. I'm not so taking yes, away his rings. He's the second greatest center ever. Kareem won, Russell two. And by the way, Russell was also a player coach at times during his career. And okay. he still has in 69, I believe. His team came back from down 0-2 against the Lakers. That's still the only time that the Los Angeles Lakers have been up 2-0 in a series and have lost their entire time that the Los Angeles Lakers have been the LA Lakers. Uh, there was there was eight teams in the league at that time. Like, come on, man. Bill Russell. I'm Will not going to do the, No, I, I'm, I'm not, sorry. I have listen, had this discussion with too many people. Line. I'm not. I'm not going to take away his rings and his championships. But for me personally, the top ten centers and the top ten players of all time. It begins in 1980 and it moves forward. Come on, man. You're gonna tell me that I'm okay, lying so about the Are my grandkids gonna tell? Are my grandkids going to say wait, that wait, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, stop, LeBron James, those stop, guys don't count? Stop. Stop. Just me personally. And answer this question. The NBA players during that time, did they have, during the Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain time, did they have a second job? Yes or no? Yeah, some of them did. Most of them did. Okay. So so you're really telling me that a a fucking NBA player with a second job is going to devote his whole time into fucking bettering his craft? They're not able to. They got to make money. I've answered your question, which means that you have to be able to answer mine. Are my grandkids going to say that the players that I grew up watching don't count? No, because your grandkids are going to be able to look back at our time and realize that the talent pool is so much more better than when Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain were playing. The talent pool of Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, there was like four good players. Get the fuck out of here. Four, four, four players that were like, um, oh, fuck, what's that word? They were four players that were like, that had name recognition. Like, what the fuck? Le- in, in our era, you got fucking Dwayne Wade, you got Kobe, so you got LeBron. You said you got Tim that you're not There's delegitimizing so it, but that's exactly what you're doing. I'm you're not. This is me personally. This, this is revisionist it's just, history. Nah, it's, Micah, it's just me personally, man. That's my list. That's, right, my, right. that's, that's well, me personally. Okay. I, me personally, I am not going to act as if history did not happen. Oh, this whole like top ten as far as like individual players, it's kind of hard to do it because Jokic just Jokic just won his first championship. But I do want to say though that Jokic is the best European player of all time, and I, I don't. Dirk? I mean, Giannis. He has two MVPs and he has a Finals MVP and he has a championship. And look at the stats that he's putting up. Okay, so he's better than Giannis. And by the European, way, European, European, yes. As far as a best player, I still give the nod to Giannis because of Giannis. Again, when I incorporate, when I look at who's the best player, I incorporate everything. What have you done so far? Your skills, your talent. And when I say your talent, your skills, and it goes offensively, but it also goes defensively. Jokic is a good defensive player. He doesn't get enough credit for it, but Giannis has a bigger impact on the defensive end. Jokic's offensive game is way better than Giannis's. So it's fucking hard, man. It's, I, it's really hard between Jokic and Giannis, honestly, because they both do things that like it cancels each other out. Let me tell you my top 
30 rankings because I was going over this earlier. I have, I have, I have a top 100 rankings because I am somebody who is just an NBA nerd and I have memorized a bunch of stats just because I think it's fun to do. So the centers that I have ahead of him, Kareem, Russell, Wilt, Shaq, Hakeem, and Moses. Moses, I will not stand for anybody who doesn't bring him up because he's the greatest offensive rebounder of all time. He has some of the he has the some some of the strongest touch around the rim that you'll ever see. He's the best player on the best team of the 1980s. He's a guy who took a team with Calvin Murphy as the second best player to the finals in the eight in 81. He won three MVPs in a four-year stretch, and he averaged 26 and 15 for six years, all of which in the NBA, not the ABA. So then the power forwards that currently rank ahead of Jokic on my all-time list. And again, this is something that Jokic is going to continue to climb up because he only has at this point a three-year run. It's been a dominant three-year run. Which is fucking scary as shit. Yeah, it is. You also have to give give credit to the guys that had an eight to 10 year run, even if they didn't play at quite this high of a level. Wait, you just said that you're going to give your power forward ranking, but Jokic is a center. Yeah, I'm saying I'm naming all of the guys that rank ahead of him, but I'm just going. Oh, by position? Position by position. Got it. Heard you. Duncan and Giannis. That's it. He (laughs) climbed ahead of Dirk, ahead of Carl Malone, ahead of of Garnett and Bob Pettit. Yeah, so then the small forwards that still rank ahead of him are LeBron, Bird, Durant, and Julius Irving. He passed Elgin Baylor, Kawhi, Scottie Pippen, and John Havlicek. You still got Dr. J ahead of Jokic? Yes, I do. Why? Dr. J was a 16-time All-Star. He's a four-time ABA MVP. He is the only player in NBA and ABA history to have played at least 16 seasons and have made the All-Star team every single year that you've played. He's also... In the 25,000-point club, he's also a guy that, while he's not an NBA Finals MVP, he repeatedly took teams that were way undermanned to heights that they should not have been in terms of the Conference Finals over and over and over again. And Nikola Jokic, again, has had a three-year run, and it's been dominant, but he still has a ways to go in order to build out an entire career that holds itself up against some of the all-time legends. He's headed toward the Pantheon. That's a fact. Hold on. You said you said four-time NBA MVP Julius Irving. Um, four-time and, ABA and NBA. You mean like combined or like four-time four four four, four, MB, four years of NBA of ABA MVP or four years NBA MVP? Like what do you mean? So, okay, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, he's a three-time ABA MVP, he's a one-time NBA MVP. He won in 81. And then he took the Sixers to the conference finals, where they ultimately lost to Bird Celtics on the way to Bird Celtics' first championship in 81. Right. So, yes, he still ranks ahead. Yeah, but the ABA is not the NBA, bro. I get it. Okay, Rick Barry also dominated the in the ABA. And Rick Barry is the NBA's all-time leader in finals points per game. Minimum well, of 10 games played. Well, so, Dr. J... I, I get that all-star selections, you need to include that. But at the same time, like... Back then, all-star selections meant something. Nowadays, it's kind of a popularity contest. So, like, whenever whenever you give all-star stats, like, it depends on which player. Like, the Dr. J, I, yeah, I guess it's important because, like I just said. In that it's time, very important when you have 16 of them. Yeah, and again, especially in that time, he took it more serious. So, okay, cool. But Dr. J, man, with that one ring, it's just interesting. His career is so interesting. But anyway, my bad. Yeah, Keep going. It is. Okay, so between... Centers, power forwards, which is just Duncan and Giannis, and then the four small forwards, we are at 12 names already. Then for shooting guards, Jordan, Kobe, and Jerry West are the three ahead of him. He passed Wade, and he passed Harden, and he passed AI. Moving on. Mm-hmm. So that's really three names. It's Jordan, Kobe, and Jerry West are mm-hmm. the three that are still ahead of him. We are at 15 total, and then... Three point guards, and that's it. And that's Magic Curry and Oscar Robertson. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Giannis is still. I don't know where to put Giannis yet because he's still in the prime of his career, and it looks like he's going to be around for a while. Jokic as well. So it's really hard for me. But the reason why I say European 
The only other European that I thought was going head to head with Jokic as far as for that crown was Dirk. But when you look at Dirk's career, he has one title. He blew that. He blew that fucking uh, 2007 or 2006 playoff when he lost to the eight seeded Warriors. Yeah, and he also blew the 2006 finals. Six finals. The, the, the Mavs were up 2-0, and they were up double digits in Game Three. If they go up 3-0, they beat the Heat, and then. Likely, we're not talking about Wade as an all-time great. We're talking about Wade as a near all-time great at that point. Exactly. So he has one NBA MVP. He has two two flameouts. He has one championship. Now, granted, that one championship is going against the fucking first year of the Heatles, which is crazy. But it still it still only counts as one. Jokic has two MVPs. He has a Finals MVP, and he has a fucking championship. Like I just think he he surpassed Dirk. I just think he's a past Dirk. Dirk. Yeah, I, I said the only two power forwards that I still have ahead of him are Duncan and Giannis. So is Jokic the best European player of all time for you? I'm not ready to go player of all time. I'm not ready to do that list. But European player because there's only an, a finite amount of players. That's why mm-hmm. I can. That's why I can confidently say that. I don't want to say European. If we're just going to talk about players from a certain area, let's talk about best international players ever. Which Hakim is one, Giannis is two, and Jokic is three. I think Jokic is going to be the. I think he is, and I think he's going to. But but I think he is right now, and I think by the time of his end of his career, it's going to be fucking. It's not going to be a question. As far as European players that came to the NBA, he's the best player. Do ever. you think that he has the ability to crack the top ten all time? Yeah, that's awesome because I think Crazy. among the top ten players of all time. He would be the guy that didn't hit his actual peak until very late because I'm looking at the list. All of those other guys were pretty much great right away and didn't take three, four, even five years in order to start making all NBA teams. Like Duncan was the first team all NBA his first season. Bird made first team all NBA three of his first four years. Magic was the finals MVP his first year. LeBron was an MVP finalist and a first-time All-NBA guy's third season when he was 20 years old. Jordan made first-team All-NBA in his third season. Kareem was the best player in the world after two seasons. Russell was a finals MVP, or excuse me, a finals winner. There were no finals MVPs then, but he now has the Bill Russell finals MVP trophy named after him. And was putting on insane defensive performances from day one. Then you get to Duncan, who was a finals MVP after his year two and then was the best player in the world by his year six. Then you get to then you get to the tough ones like Kobe was not the Kobe that we all know for the first Lakers title. But then by the second Lakers title was unreal and averaged 28 a game over those two finals runs in the second and third years of the three peat. And then Mm -hmm. from there, he was. Him and Duncan, and then him and LeBron in terms Dude, of the just, argument for best. Jokic, yo, it's scary, bro, because Jokic, like, you can tell that, like, again, barring injury, but, like, the way he plays, I feel like it's able to last. Like, he doesn't depend on his athletic ability. He doesn't yep. depend. He depends on his smarts, and he depends on his skills. His skills is very fundamentally sound. He knows when he knows when to put the defense on his heels. He knows when to take a jump shot. He knows when to get in the post. He knows when to pick and roll. And he's fucking smart as shit. He's one of the smartest players I've ever seen. Him, him and LeBron have been two of the smartest players I've seen in my lifetime. But again, like the whole top 10 player stuff, that's really hard. I can't do that right now. That's really hard. But that's why I went European and European players to come in the NBA, like, I think it's easy. I think it's easily Jokic, man. Like, besides Dirk, there really isn't... Who else do you... Who else comes to mind? Oh, Tony, there's Tony, no other... I mean, Tony Parker, Parker and Pau Gasol yeah. are really the only the other guys. Yeah, but but Powell, he has championships, but he has no MVPs, finals, or regular season. Yeah. Tony has a lot of championships, and he has one finals MVP. But again, he was never the main guy on the team. He was always number two to Tim Duncan. So that's yeah. it. So... Jokic is also by far the best second round pick of all time. The only other guys that come close are Manu, Draymond Green, and Jeff Hornacek. Yeah, but all those guys are secondary players. Yep. 
Jokic is the main player on this team, so I think it's easily hands down. Jokic is the best second round player. Listen, man, there's a lot. There's a lot to chew on. This is not going to be the last time that we hear or see of you. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff this offseason. A lot of stuff is going to be happening. Chris Paul, there's rumors that the Suns are going to waive him. Could the Lakers pick him up? The whole Kyrie situation. A lot of shit. A lot of shit. So you, um, we're definitely going to hear and see of you again. Um, but again, just to put a cap on tonight, Denver Nuggets, they won the NBA Finals in five games against Miami. Much respect to Miami for putting up a good fight. And so um, shout out my guys, Reed and Trent. They're from Miami. Um, I'm sorry that you guys weren't able to win, but you guys put up a good fight. Micah, before we sign off, again, if you want to let the people know how to reach you, if you got anything going on before we sign off, let it go. Absolutely. First off, I want to say it was my pleasure to join you as always. You can find my stuff at the NBA Interact on Instagram. I also work as a video production guy for the Action Network. If anybody's into sports betting, I will also be continuing my NBA writing career with Celtics CLNS. So the Celtics obviously face a tumultuous offseason with many questions and not as many answers besides they have Jason Tatum, which is obviously a great thing and a pillar to build around. But the rest of the roster... They might be in for a major retool, so you can certainly find my stuff there. And no better way to end it, I guess, than coronating the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic. It's been a long time coming for them, but they are the NBA champions for the first time in their franchise history. Facts. And I forgot to throw in that Jalen Brown decision that the Boston Celtics have to make. That's something else that's going to be going on in the offseason. So there's a lot of stuff, man. So, Michael, I want to say thank you again for joining me on this episode. I appreciate you. We'll see you soon, all right? Absolutely. Thank you as always. Peace.